0: want you to turn with me to mark chapter 10 we'll be reading beginning of verse 35 as we come into this Palm Sunday experience there was a lot of things building up to this time what we can't miss is this Jesus had already spoke to his disciples and he pre warned them what was about to happen. He told them that he would be mocked, that he would be spat upon, that he would be injured severely, and that they would kill him. And the ones that would do it would be the religious establishment, that they would capture him and turn him over to the Roman government. He was very exacting in his words. Again, can you imagine being one of those disciples and hearing this report? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read the Word of God and I read these historical records of what was happening in certain people's lives, I'm like, man, if I was there at that time, I would have done it different. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm thinking, man, these people aren't intelligent at all. And here again, Jesus is taking the time to tell them what was ahead. If you'll stand with me as we read God's word together. Mark chapter 10, beginning of verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, hmm, listen to this. We want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Yeah, kind of bold, huh? And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, <clears throat> I'm sure they cleared the throat deepened their voice. Grant to us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You may be seated. You know, you read that, and because I gave it a little more effect caused us to capture the moment in the English here it captures something that we probably would have missed just reading it Jesus we want you to do what we tell you to do and you see that Jesus doesn't scold him he just said what would you have me do I don't know about you but in that in that pregnant pause of that moment if it it was worded exactly that way i'm thinking in their mind hey we got his attention and this glorified errand boy is going to do what we tell him to do what would you have me do for you oh well that's why they could be so indignant themselves and just say well when you come into your kingdom because see they'd already they'd already Watch the paparazzi collecting around. They already knew there was a buzz going on. They knew it was Passover. They knew the crowds that was going to be there. And they knew the wave of excitement that was happening because all Jesus has been doing. And guess who's been caught in the tabloids along with Jesus? Oh, their pictures are showing up. And he said, yeah, can you, uh, can you drink the cup I drink? Can you be baptized with the baptism that I have? In other words... Now that we see that, if we're not careful, it sounds like we've read about two different, totally different periods of time. And yet this is following immediately, what did Jesus just say? Boys, I'm going to be handed over, mocked, spat upon, beaten, whipped, and killed. Yeah, but Jesus, when you come in your kingdom, we want to sit on your right and left hand side. You talk about being short sighted. Did they hear anything that he had just said? Has anybody here, probably just the people streaming, but maybe somebody else here in person, would say we've been guilty of when somebody's talking to us? We're really not paying close attention. And we're already thinking about what we want to say to them next. That's what's going on here. They really weren't listening that well, were they? They were already considering, man, this is the time. We've been waiting for the moment. This is it. And they, all they heard from Jesus was what we used to hear on Charlie Brown. Womp, womp, womp. And yet he, could, he couldn't have delivered more important information. If they'd really listened to him and cared for him in that moment, they'd have been very concerned about his welfare, and that it got him out of town. But then if they'd even given a second thought, if, I, if they do that to him, what's going to happen to us? But all they could think about in the moment was promotion. We are entitled. I mean, this is James and John. They came in on the Harley davisons Man, they're the sons of Zebedee. Oh, oh, oh. Everybody knows who James and John, we're in the inner circle. Don't tell me that that wasn't there among those disciples. We find it throughout scripture. Peter, James, and John was an inner circle of the bigger circle of disciples. And here, man, we've we've been through a lot, we've forsaken all this stuff, and it's true. And Jesus didn't scorn them. Yeah, you're, you're gonna drink the same cup, you're gonna be baptized. Matter of fact, when you look at these two guys, Jesus knew they were the bookends of suffering among those disciples. Jesus, Judas, of course, hung himself. But among those who remained faithful, it was James who would be the first martyred. And it was John that would have to be the lone survivor. Which one's tougher? To be the last guy standing? I miss all my buddies? I don't have anybody to talk to about all the things we've been through? Yeah. Jesus told me this is exactly what you'll go through but that short-sightedness you see that listening thing i i read about two men that got together they were best of friends and they hadn't seen each other in a while and when they got together they got talking about this that and the other and finally the one looked at his friend and said i got to tell you about my wife i love her dearly i said but you know she talks to herself all the time and the other friend said "A mine does too but she doesn't really know it because when she's talking to me she thinks i'm listening (laughs) boy that was a delayed effect you sorry rascals you know that selective hearing is among us this is what's going on here they are not listening they're not picking up on what he is telling them And then this incredible statement that we can't miss. He didn't scold them for asking where to be seated. He didn't scold them about anything they had said. And when they, he asked about a cup of baptism, Jesus didn't mock them. He agreed with them, but he makes a statement. I can't grant to you where you're going to, who's going to sit in those two chairs. He said, because those settings have already been prepared. Wow. If we can just take a moment and realize the sovereign God really is at work. What has he prepared for each one of us? What's in your cup? What kind of drink is it really? You see, we we live under this illusion that we're in control. And along the way, we, we surrender our life to Jesus. We are intentional about it. We are sincere, but we got a lot to learn about that. And along the way, we start seeing the handiwork of God. Along that way, we appreciate the fact that he orders our steps. And we know he's not saying we're robotic, that we don't get involved in it. And yet in that, we love Jeremiah 29. I know those things I've Prepared for you. And man, we're ready for that. To to bless you, not to bring harm to you. To prosper you. But that doesn't tell the whole story. What is it that he's prepared? I don't know about you, but once I actually sit down and meditate on that. Instead of it being a negative, it really speaks to me. God has a plan for me. Things that I can do for him. Things that he wants done on the earth that he's chose me to be a part of. That whole thing of realizing that, yes, but from our take, we're we're, we're just like James and John. We like the things you prepared when we are recognized and appreciated. But those things that goes unappreciated, we're, we're not too excited about that. And when it comes to the heavy hitting stuff, he's he's prepared something for all of us. As far as who's gonna be seated in those two positions, that's already been chosen, but it's not for me to grant. The Father will do that. Well, it wasn't just to James and John, it was to all of us. So then we come in and, and we realize as well, in this moment when James and John are going through this, Educational class, and we see how short-sighted they are. They're not the only ones short-sighted in the story, are they? Because the others pick up on what's going on, and they become indignant. There's that James and John going again. Always wanting to promote themselves. Always wanting to be, oh, they just all the time. Matter of fact, I'm gonna get on Facebook and rat them out. I'll do better than that. I'll go to some other social media. And they're all indignant. This is when Jesus realizes the whole group's missing. The point. Guys, come together. Let me talk to you. Let me give you the example you don't want to be. The Gentiles who don't have me, they don't recognize who I am. They lord over others. It's not for you to be that way and he's speaking to us today. We're to be different. Turn to someone next to you and say, just be different. I mean, at times when the Bible says we're to be peculiar, we take it the wrong way. We take it as a negative. Well, we won't be understood. That's true. That is true. But somewhere along the way, when people see something greater than us coming out of us, it draws attention. How do you withstand such scrutiny? How do you withstand such criticism? How do you remain with joy in your life when the circumstances don't dictate that? Because there's one in me that's greater. I don't want to lose that knowledge i don't want to get so caught up in life that i miss the main thing so as they are coming in now to this triumphant entry today's palm sunday and we celebrate that and, and once again we 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 know the story well we know people are taking their coats off and they're they're breaking the the palm leaves the fronds off the trees and throwing them down and Jesus on that little donkey coming through town and the the crowd's just cheering. What an incredible moment. We've just sung about King of Glory and here they are chanting, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us now. But it's the next statement that tells me it wasn't just James and John that were short-sighted that day and it wasn't just the other disciples. This whole crowd was missing it. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, we know the end of the story. Before the end of the week, they kill him. How can you flip that fast? Because they were missing it from the very beginning. When they sang and shouted out Hosanna, then they said, blessed be the kingdom of our ancestor, David, not Jesus. Ooh, I got your attention now, don't I? When you look closer, you realize that they only saw Jesus as a means to an end. And when he didn't fulfill all that they had planned, we'll let him go. Give us Barabbas. Pastor? Wow. That's why I entitled this Mark It Down. It's Mark's record of what's really going on. And so the real question is, why is it still inspired and why is it speaking to us? Because we gotta ask ourselves: who is Jesus to us? Is he merely a means to an end? Or is he our all in all? Is he the king of glory? Is he the very son of God, the son of man? This is why Jesus again says to them, I'm the son of man. This is the same Jesus that spoke to the wind and said, peace, and it subsided. This is the same Jesus that spoke to the storm on the sea and said, peace, be still, and the water became placid. Is he just a means to the end or is he the all in all? This is the same Jesus that spoke to the paraplegic and says, rise up. And that same person gets up, rolls their bed and walks away. Is he just a means to an end? Or is he more than that? The this whole story is a story of short-sightedness. As a child, growing up in church, I got excited about Palm Sunday. It was a fun Sunday, and I was looking forward to Easter because I'd probably have some kind of chocolate candy at the house. I like the egg hunts. And over these many years, you think about this season and what it brings. I mean, this is the same Jesus that took a single loaf of bread and broke it and it fed thousands. Is he the same Jesus today? Is he the son of man? Is he the king of glory? Is he the Messiah? Is he the Christ? Is he God? If we're not careful, we can get lulled into just the expectation of the day, he's just one of the boys. He's just part of the story. No, he is the story. Amen. And with all that being said, and finally he comes back, gets these guys attention. He said, I'm the son of man and I've come for the purpose of being a ransom. I'll pay the price. This same Jesus, we better know he's more than just a means to end, be, because of his sacrificial death, the sins of the whole world could be washed away. That blood, that precious blood the blood that we sing about is still washing the sins away of those who repent to this day. What happened so very long ago on an old rugged cross is still changing lives today. If we recognize him, this is why the word of God says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgives us our sins. But in belief, what does it take to be saved? To confess our sins to him and believe. That he is the very son of God. But I'll leave us with this. What he was instilling in those men so long ago. He wants to continue to instill in us. He said, even the son of man did not come to be served. But to serve. The one that could speak to a tree and curse it and it would wither immediately. The one that could speak to the seas and calm them, the one that did all these things is the same one that said, I've come to serve. And he's speaking to those disciples and he's speaking to us today, his disciples. This whole importance of serving, the importance of the greatness in any of our life is not measured by our accomplishments. As grand as they may be, it's measured by the attitude of the heart. Can I, before I close, get back to that cup that's got your name on it? That coffee mug it has got your name on it? What's in that cup? What has he prepared And are we sensitive enough to realize in our spirit that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, going to happen in my life this next week that he's not aware of? That he's fashioned my days before I yet live any of them? That in the moments he gets the greatest glory by putting me on a pedestal and promotes me, it's the same God who at times says, but I need somebody over here in the shadows and no one will know what you're doing in the moment but he's prepared those places. I came across a, a poem uh, that's simply called Unawares. You know I love poetry. And it's, it's in a group of poems. It says poems that, are, <clears throat> that live forever. I think you'll also agree. The master is coming, they said, to honor the town today. And none can tell at what house or home the master will choose to stay. And I thought while my heart was beating wildly, what if he should come to mine? How would I strive to entertain and honor the guest divine? And straight I turned to toiling to make my home more neat. I swept and polished and garnished and decked it with blossoms sweet. I was troubled for the fear of the master might come ere my work was done. And I hasted and worked the faster and watched the hurrying sun. But right in the middle of my duties, a woman came to my door. She had come to tell her sorrows and my comfort and my aid to implore. And I said, I cannot listen nor help you any today. I have greater things to attend to. And the pleader turned away. At last the day was ended and my toil was over and done. My house was swept and garnished, and I watched in the dark alone. Watched, but no footfall sounded. No one entered my cottage door. I could only pray and wait. I waited till night had deepened, and the master had not come. He entered some other door, I said, and gladdened some other home. My labor had been for nothing, and I bowed my head and wept. My heart was sore with longing, yet... In spite of it all, I slipped. Then the master stood before me, and his face was grave and fair. Three times today I came to your door, and I craved your pity and care. Three times you sent me onward, unhelped and uncomforted. And the blessing you might have had was lost, and your chance to serve has fled. Oh, Lord, oh, dear Lord, forgive me. How could I know it was thee? My very soul was shamed and bowed in the depths of humility. And he said, the sin is pardoned, but the blessing is lost to thee. For comforting not the least of mine, you have failed to comfort me. Would you stand with me?